Hey guys, welcome to The First Turn, a Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast where three grown men talk about our favorite children's card game. I'm your host, Nick, along with Jordan Hello. and Cody. Boo. As three guys that like hearing ourselves talk, we decided that a podcast would be a great way to argue about our opinions while being able to inform our community about different facets of the game of Yu-Gi-Oh! Like different metagame trends, tournament reports, set reviews, and just kind of talking about stupid stories that happened to us before. Uh, so to start things off with our first podcast, why don't we just introduce ourselves? Uh, just to give you an idea of how long we've been playing the game and kind of our history with it. Uh, Jordan, if you want to go first. Let Cody go first. Okay. Sure. All right, weird. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, so since this is the pilot episode and... It's just the introduction, the origin story. It's going to be kind of a boring episode. But uh, to give my backstory real quick, the TLDR is I've been playing this game since uh started at Kaiba. I was one of those kids who was in the Yu-Gi-Oh! craze when it first came out. Picked up, started at Kaiba because I had blue eyes. I had 3,000 attack and Yugi because I had summon skull and that was cool. Uh, yeah, I've been playing off and on, not really very seriously the first couple years. Uh I would pick up, stay with the game a bit. Uh, I very seldomly entered locals or whatnot. But uh, when Cyber Dragon got released in the 10 is when I first started to try to take the game, I guess, more seriously. Uh, again, went to a couple locals very seldomly. But then I kind of picked up my first regional success. Uh, I barely got in on the X2 top 8. And then I didn't really... It didn't really matter at that point. Like, no one still didn't really recognize me until I topped... uh, I got first place out of regionals the following year with Zombies. And then I went on a pretty good streak after that. And uh, since then, I've topped... I don't know what the count is. I think 19, 20 regionals, something like that. might be 21 now. I I don't know. But, uh, yeah, so I've been topping regionals from, like, 2007 till about 2019, 2020. And... uh, I've day two to a couple nationals, stuff like that, and uh, yeah, I'm most hated guy in Winnipeg for Yu-Gi-Oh. There you go. <laughs> I don't know. That that's debatable. I'm not saying it's debatable with me, but I'm just saying like it's debatable that you're the most hated. So yeah, uh, name's Jordan. I've been playing this game competitively since about CRV, and I've been pretty avid with it since then. Um, I haven't really been going too hard recently but that's just my situation uh yeah no ever since uh i got into the game super competitively i've been trying to do better do better every time uh i can't say i've had as much success as cody has in this game during that time frame i've uh, definitely gone through a lot of walls i i've always wanted to play either the best deck or the deck that beat the best deck or like some kind of tier two deck that would do the job so that's why uh, I've always picked up on decks like Gadgets or, uh, as you all know, my favorite deck, Medulce now. Um, yeah, uh, I don't really know what else there is to say. That's about it. And uh, as I mentioned before, my name's Nick. Uh, I've been playing the game since basically the very beginning. Uh, I did the opposite of Cody. I picked up Starter Deck Yugi because Dark Magician and I want to be the good guy. I took a bit of a break from the game in 2004, 2005, uh, right about when I started 
high school because you know Yu-Gi-Oh is not cool when you're in high school. And I picked up the game again in 2010 uh, when I got into university, just because a lot of my uh, university friends were playing. I started getting pretty competitive around 2012. Uh, I first started seeing a lot of my success in 2013 uh, during wind-up format. Uh, after that point, I now have about, I think, 10 or 12 regional tops in that span. I like Jordan, I hit a couple walls here and there, but for the most part, I try to stay pretty competitive. Um, I do play a lot of meta, some random rogue stuff, like, I guess, Thunder Dragon now. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much me in a nutshell with this game. We all like to yep. have our fun. Yeah, pretty much. So I guess we should probably just talk about uh, our plans with the podcast, uh, what we're planning to do. Uh, one of the big things we want from this is to, one, get a chance for us to kind of like rant about Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, we don't really get to do that a lot now that COVID's happening, because we don't get to see everybody. But we also, it'll also give us a chance to bring a lot of knowledge to the Yu-Gi-Oh! community in Winnipeg, as well as anybody else that listens to this, uh, through things like discussion about different decks, uh, different sets, what the meta's like at the time, and just provide some fun to the community through stories about stupid judge calls, um, stupid tournaments, stuff like that. Uh, did either of you have anything to add with what we want going forward with the podcast? Kind of give you guys uh, an entertainment point of view of it all too, right? Not just be like, this and this are good choices, this and this are bad choices. We are going to that's rag on each other. Yeah, that, that's his <laughs> job. He's going to rag on us for making choices, and he's going to be like, that was terrible, how dare you? That's going to happen. Um, Pretty much, yeah, no, we're... Uh, like like Nick said at the beginning, we're uh, three grown ass adults who like playing a children's card game, so gotta make it fun. Yeah, the only people who are going to be listening to these first couple episodes are going to be the word of mouth locals, and uh, you're yeah. all familiar with how I approach this game, so you know I'm. If you're doing something differently than me, then you think I'm wrong, and that's not okay. <laughs> and we've been through this conversation I don't know how many times. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was thinking for our pilot episode, just to keep things kind of fun and light, we don't really need any kind of meta-analysis or anything. Uh, so I was just thinking kind of random story time. Uh, it was just kind of things like how we met and uh, just like random things that have, have happened to us while we've been playing the game. Um, I guess as the old man, Jordan, do you want to kind of let us know... <laughs> your beginnings in Yu-Gi-Oh! and maybe how you integrated so like, yourself into our group? So, yeah, um, like I said before, like, I started playing competitively during the CRV era. At the time, there was definitely a set of uh, people playing the game that were the try-hard competitive players, right? And uh, As the young, aspiring duelist I was, I was gung-ho in joining that group. And not realizing that it was, like, as good as it was, because I, I don't regret it at all, because it has led me to where I am now. Um, it wasn't the healthiest relationship I had with the game. Uh, follow several years later, and still hardcore into it, still playing competitively, and lo and behold, this tall, dark, and handsome man shows up, True. and then little did I... Yeah, true. Little did I know 
that it would change everything. So it changed my perspective on who I was playing the game with. It changed my perspective on how I was playing the game. It it just overall made everything better. And yeah, we're like, we're still good friends to this day, obviously we're ragging each other all the time, but that's beside the point. And yeah, I, uh, we started, uh, so Cody and I started playing the game, uh, together. I, I don't even remember how many years ago this was. And we used to be a part of a group. It was all Cody's group that he came to locals with. Uh, himself, Aaron, Little D, Big D, and Dylan. And when I joined up, we decided to call ourselves the ragtag group known as Hip Hop Anonymous. <laughs> and a big reason was because I remember Little D finding a Hippopotas card. And it just, we went with it. And we... I remember this one time we needed to get Brain Axe from Fusion, and the only vehicle we had was my tiny little Tercel. And it was all of us crammed in this tiny little car and just drive all the way to Fusion from North Kildonan area. For those of you who don't know, that's like a good 20-minute, half-hour drive. And the Tercel could only handle four people comfortably, and we were like six. It was hilarious. Um... Yeah, uh, we've been playing the game together since, and then that's about it. We're here now, making a podcast. I'm brain farting so hard right now, and I've had two coffees. I don't know why. <laughs> I guess I'll go next. Um, so when I came back to Yu-Gi-Oh! after um, high school, I kind of started going to tournaments on my own without a really like without really going into a friend group and unfortunately i got myself caught up with some little shitters i'm not gonna say who um that i thought were some of the better players and basically hung out with them for the first like two or three years that i was back in the game uh this entire time we have cody and jordan's group over in the corner now they're only, what, two or three years older than me? Give or take. Yeah, so, why? But I was extremely intimidated, probably because I knew they were much better players than I was. So, I would almost never interact with their group because I didn't want to get shit on, ever. Uh, fast forward to 2013 Nationals in, was it Chicago? Yeah, that one was Chicago. Yeah, it was Chicago. Yeah, that was Chicago. Where I realized that my group is extremely toxic, do not want to hang out with them anymore. So I kind of just shifted on over. I saw Jordan Cody's group, um, our mutual friend Mark, too, who I was starting to become pretty good friends with at that point. So I started hanging out with them. And then basically, when we all got back from nationals, I started associating myself into that group a lot more, kind of forced my way in. And. Now I get to be this little shitter in this group where I'm not the oldest anymore, which is very nice. You're welcome. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> let me do... 32. Let me figure out what's the uh, what's the story for me and the like social groups that we had. Um, yeah, so whenever you... Especially for anyone who's listening right now that does the Yu-Gi-Oh! local circuit. Obviously, we can't do much right now with COVID, but... 
if you go to your locals and you got a somewhat active locals, at least 10 plus people, you're probably going to have different little cliques going on, right? You're going to have different groups of three, four people at least together doing their own thing. And you'll gravitate to whatever click. So you'll have kids on the side who are just playing more casually. And then you'll have the tryhards like what Jordan referenced. And I remember coming into uh, Galaxy Locals, the old stomping ground, where I didn't really gravitate towards the tryhard group. But it's not necessarily like an intimidation thing or just, you know, being uncomfortable, even though I'm really socially awkward. It was more so just... It was like right from the get-go, it was more so just the way people talk to each other kind of set me off and I just kind of did my own thing, played my own way. And yeah, it was, it ended up being that just as time went by, different clicks would show up, different groups of people like Jordan and that group would slowly spend more time with Jordan. And then he would kind of gravitate to my end of the room. And then Nikolai and that group would start playing. And then Nikolai and Steven through Nikolai would kind of gravitate away from their group into my little group and it was kind of like it was a recurring trend over the last 10 12 years now where a group of people would show up and it would almost be like i was picking one or two people from every group and they would kind of come chill with me and it wasn't any specific reason it was just that i don't know it seemed to be like there was always one or two people that had like-minded tendencies when it came to Yu-Gi-Oh! And then we would kind of spend more non-Yu-Gi-Oh! related things and just kind of chill more on our own time. And yeah, it ended up being that as these groups kind of, you know, came and gone because Yu-Gi-Oh! You know, people will come and go after years go by that I would kind of still keep in touch with that one or two people. So that's kind of what happened with Jordan, that he was chilling with me and I became really good friends with him. And then Nikolai and Steven... I remember, like, my thing was after I became one of the better-known players, I would try to break the ice and not have the whole intimidation thing because it's kind of awkward when you come into a locals for the first time and you don't know anybody. So I'd always kind of pick that one guy out, and I would kind of mess with him a little bit, you know, just kind of break his balls a little bit, break the ice a little bit, kind (laughs) of just, like, get them to loosen up a little bit. I remember Nikolai didn't do that so much because he wasn't very reserved. Like, if somebody was outgoing, I'd you let you do your thing i'm not gonna mess with you too much but steven he was quiet so i'd always fuck with steven god yeah and that happens <laughs> yeah. every time right like every time yeah. a new group comes in yeah there's always you know somebody who's quiet somebody who's not and if you're not an asshole i would kind of mess with you a little bit just get you like to loosen up a little bit you know it's not such a serious thing and yeah that uh, basically happened on repeat over the last 10 12 years and that's how I've kind of accumulated a lot of my better friends now is that I just kind of was able to snipe the the cream of the crop from different groups of players, and that's where I'm at now. I feel so flattered. Cody's basically our dead mother. Yeah. Pretty much. I'm the matriarch. The matriarch. <laughs> now, so, like, you bringing that up, right, I actually got a question for you then. Like, what did you do when it came to, like, Terrence and his group? It was Oh god. No, they were like there's they were all cool. There's nobody socially awkward there. No, it was uh I used to fuck <laughs> with Jeff a little bit, but uh oh, yeah. oh we all fucked with Jeff. But the difference is like anyone who knows Terrence knows that he kinda took everything to an eleven. Like it, it <laughs> Terrence was the one guy. Like if anyone knows me, knows how I can be a little bit obnoxious and boisterous, 
when it comes to this stuff. Never in a very harmful, negative way, but I can kind of be a little bit... The idea is to lighten the mood a bit. I cannot ever be the center of attention when it comes to Terrence. I never tried to be because that's that's a losing battle every time. So you just let yep. you just let Terrence go, and that that dude's the funniest dude ever. Everyone needs to at least meet someone like that in their life. Oh yeah, yeah. My like one of the big things I missed from that group was just having Terrence at a regionals, just for the pure chaotic energy that he brought. Yep. For sure. The post regionals was even better because I remember driving. It was me, Cody, and Terrence. And we're driving away from the regionals. Or no, we're driving away from Movados. And we're picking up. We're, we're stopping by the liquor market to grab some drinks, you know, go hang out and just have a good time afterwards. <laughs> we remember driving into the McDonald's drive through. And Terrence is just like, yo, let me play my music on your, on your car. It's like, oh, sure, no problem, right? And straight like, from the get go, he turns his music on, and it is wild. Oh, it was the most hood rat gangster shit, and that's kind of up my alley, but not necessarily Jordan. So I was vibing a bit, no. but Jordan was not feeling it, and I was just <laughs> laughing. And the best part is we're cruising through that drive-through, like that McDonald's, right? And I don't remember what yeah. we're getting, but f- fucking Terrence gets an, a Sunday. And I don't think he got anything on it. He literally just had like a Sunday no. cup, and it was just the ice cream yeah. soft serve. And it's like, what the fuck's the point of getting a Sunday at McDonald's with nothing in it? And he cracks open some like I don't remember what drink it was, but it was it was dairy based oh, drink. It was some the kind naughty of naughty cow. Yeah. So the naughty oh, cow. right. Yeah. Right. So it's it's basically like a coffee like you know milk liqueur, right? So he just drenches uh-huh. his fucking Sunday <laughs> in that alcohol and starts eating it like a fucking alcohol Sunday. This is the stupidest thing in the world. Oh, it was great, though. And that's when we got to deal with the entire drive home. A good 15, 20-minute drive is just Terrence being Terrence. Oh. Like, we'd have stuff like... We'd have stuff like that, or, like, even the time when we'd be on a long road trip, and, like... I couldn't remember if it was Terrence or Jeff. One of them was sleeping, and then we started playing oh, Iggy yeah. Azalea. Yeah. Oh, Iggy? Oh, yeah. And, like... Did you win? Yeah. So, like, out of nowhere, he starts, like, rapping with Iggy half asleep but he gets every single you, word perfectly you gotta, you gotta right. frame it though you gotta frame it okay so at this point we're in a van there's five six of us in this van that and we're going for you know upwards of a 20 hour road trip and we've been going for at least half that at this point so we're all you know six adult men in this van cooped up for too long at this point just trying to get to nationals jeff in the back minding his own business looks like he's been passed over a couple hours we're blaring iggy just to stay entertained and then as soon as the song starts, because we're all vibing to the music, fucking Jeff comes out of nowhere, snaps out of his coma, and just hits every note. And he fucking hits every bar of that song, and that was the most wild shit. I couldn't believe he actually knew that song and could hit it as well as he did. Oh, and then he went right back to sleep as soon as the song was over. Like, he was out like a light mm-hmm. the second the song was done. Yeah, that was the same Nats trip where we got to Nashville, and we got there, it was like 2 or 3 in the morning, and we're a bunch of, you know, it, like, we don't, we're a bunch of Canadians, we don't know shit, right, we're, we don't know where to go, and I don't know where we're gonna chill for 6 hours until the venue opens, so we go to a fucking Waffle House. Now, all, oh, the, all, waffle the, memes, house. all the memes of, like, how wild a Waffle House can get is true. Waffle House is some wild shit, and we're chilling there, but all of us have our invite, except Jeff. So we have the smart idea of we don't have the hotel room till the next day. So we can't go early check in either. 
let's just let Jeff crash in the van so we let his ass sleep for six hours in the waffle house parking lot while we sat in waffle house on late just to let him sleep and then he ended up getting surprised he didn't get jumped yeah no kidding that was the same fucking re that was the same nationals too where we're casually walking down the street away from the venue and there's this guy handing out mixtapes to the group our group and oh yeah yeah and again Half of the group is a bunch of, like, you know, ignorant Yu-Gi-Oh nerds. They don't have any street sense, common sense. And I kind of grew up in that kind of atmosphere. So when they started getting handed these tapes by this dude on the street from his backpack, I kind of already knew what the situation was, right? So as he's handing them out, all these kids are like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. They're grabbing them, looking at them and stuff. And this guy's already starting his hustle. So I had to start pulling out these fucking CDs away from my friends and give it back to the dude i'm like all right thanks man and just to walk away because these guys were gonna start getting hustled by this street rat trying to sell his mixtape so it's fine you have to deal with your friends who aren't as cultured as you are and like hey let's go let's go come on yeah exactly i feel bad because i missed out on that national trips because that was the that was the year after i moved because the one before that was the Detroit trip. Oh, that was wild. That was, that was by far my favorite trip. I remember the Detroit trip just passing. I was so done by the end of day. We were there for day two? I don't even remember anymore. I just remember I passed out. And I kept waking up at certain mo- moments of the night. I remember this one time I woke up. And you guys all of a sudden had sandwiches out of nowhere. And you guys were drinking Orange Crush out of wine glasses? Fancy. I just I Ziggy. couldn't I couldn't process it. And I passed back out. And I woke up and something else was happening. I don't remember. I remember passing out, waking up, something different was happening. Passing out, waking up, and something different was happening. So like background for this whole story. Um whenever we do road trips, I'm basically in charge of our lodgings and all that other jazz. And I decided to kind of play the Trivago roulette. And they have the, they used to have this thing where you could just book a hotel. It doesn't tell you what hotel it is, but it'll give you a reduced price. And it'll usually be pretty close to where you want it to be. So I booked this hotel. And then I find out after I book it that I have booked a casino hotel for a room. So we get there. It's probably the biggest building in the area that we're in. There's a full casino. We go downstairs. They have a buffet. They have a full deli. They have gift shops. They have a full sit-down restaurant. They have the absolute words. Um, Now, when Jordan, when he falls asleep, we decide we get hungry. And this is at, like, I don't know, almost 1 in the morning. We find out that the deli's still open. So we go downstairs at 1 in the morning. We get these big-ass sandwiches, show back up in the room. Jordan wakes up, and we magically have the sandwiches. I've never seen a person look so goddamn confused in their life. So confused. And then I fell back asleep. Yeah. I think that's also the trip where one of our friends got mistaken for a stripper. Yeah, he's forever emblazoned as the stripper. Yeah, stripper John. Yeah, Yeah. 
Stripper John. Oh, I has it John. even has his mug. Yeah. I miss John too. <laughs> you can't kind of glo- gloss over the whole stripper thing without going over it a little bit. So real quick, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, we're, yeah. again, we're we're chilling at rather large uh, hotel area, and then in this hotel setup, they have elevators to get to the. I guess the fancier suites at the very highest floors and whatnot. And they have security that let you into certain aspects of the hotel, I guess. Uh, we were coming back from day one of nationals, I think, or whatever the situation was, we're coming back to the Oh hotel. no, I think we, uh, I think we just came in. Okay. Regardless of the situation, we're all dressed in, you know, just casual clothing. We had John is good looking guy. He, you know, fit normal looking dude to us but he had just like a tank top on right and we're walking and as we're trying to pass like the security clearance or whatever to get past whatever elevator to get to our elevator to get to our suite uh they stopped him and asked if he's the stripper for x event and you know all of us are completely fucking clueless we have no idea what this guy's talking about and john is even more clued like left out than we are so then we all kind of just brushed it off until we realized the situation was this guy is asking John out of all of us if he's a stripper for whatever event, I guess, you know, a bachelorette party or some shit. And I was I, I was I, convinced. I was like, holy fuck, John, you have to go. Of course he didn't. Oh, no, I wanted to go with him and yeah. like pretend I was the manager. Yeah, I, I was I, I was so convinced telling him he had to go. No, I just remember it being like three chicks in the lobby and they're just like waving him down. He mm-hmm. goes up because he's confused, right? He wants to know what's going on. And like, are you the stripper for this? Mm-hmm. And I'm walking past. I'm just speed walking at this point. I think Mark is with me beside me and we hear this and we just can't stop laughing. All the way to the elevator, we're just laughing so hard because this is happening. Yeah. I think a common theme a lot of our listeners are going to find is that when it comes to a lot of our Yu-Gi-Oh! experiences, the most fun that we have is almost never playing the game in the actual tournament. It's always the stupid trip that we have before and after. and Or usually like the stupid games that happen before the actual tournament with our friends. Yeah, there's a lot of little quick tidbit stories that we can elaborate on in future episodes. Like me randomly yeah. getting almost getting kicked out of a venue because... I tried to sell the giant card for like half an hour. Oh, right. And security pulled me aside. <laughs> and I laughed in his face because I thought he was kidding. Uh, <laughs> I didn't even know that happened. Wow. Yeah, no. Yeah. When I I won that giant card, I was walking around with it, showing yeah. it off, being a little cocky fucker. Yeah. And then uh, yeah. I had I was walking by all the, the storefronts, right? And they're all congratulating me, asking yeah. me how much for it and stuff. So I was kind of throwing out numbers. I, I was trying to get... I, I told myself, I was like, if I can get, walk out with over a 1,000 Canadian for this card, I'm, there's no way I'm turning that down. So I kept telling everyone around the time, like, you know, seven seven fifty US, because that's what the conversion yeah. was at the time. And I was like, give me that, and I'll, it's yours. So then I was going back and forth with a bunch of guys, and some guys were flaking on the deal. But yeah, after I realized I was going back and forth for about half an hour, a bunch of security guards pulled me aside. And they're like, uh, yeah, so Konami, like the... The tournament organizer, yada yada yada. Uh, they're you know they're gonna have to ask you to leave. So then I kind of <laughs> just I thought he was kidding until I was like, no, okay, well you know what, I'll just what if I just go chill with my friends? What if I go sit down? I didn't want to make it a bigger thing than it was because there's no point for no. me to try to act all macho with these guys. I was like, uh, okay, well I'll just go chill with my friends then. It's all good. Yeah. No, we're definitely gonna have a lot more story time stuff, including more specific story times like 
some of the funnier duels we've ever had. Some inter- funny interactions with Konami staff, like you just did there with the security. And yeah, like we could probably fun. have a whole episode just on like road trips and shit. Oh yeah, for sure. Like oh, fucking man. Joe Giorlando, the guy who runs Konami, fucking writing my name down as Toby Roulette on the website. <laughs> yep. Oh, oh that was fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Forever emblazoned as no, Toby, like Toby Roulette. So I hope you guys stick around and become entertained. That was the time I called the whole judge staff of the Fargo Regionals a bunch of fucking retards. Oh, I remember that one. <laughs> that was great. Mm-hmm. No, they were real dumb. I don't uh, condone using that language, but they were. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there you go. You're not wrong. Yeah. We have so many good stories, but unfortunately, we'll save them for another time because yeah, they'll take too long. <laughs> for sure. So one other big thing that I kind of want to get from this podcast is kind of helping break down a lot of the barriers between us as kind of the more competitive players who might seem a bit more intimidating and between, yeah, so like breaking down barriers between us and maybe even like new players that come in. Because I hope you can see just from like even this one pilot that we're all pretty easygoing. We don't harp on some new kid playing because he's bad at the game i always want to see our community grow so any new players i'm always going to be welcome to i always want to help them as much as i can and hopefully with this podcast it can kind of show off to even like current players who don't know us very well that you can come up and talk with us we'll joke around we'll have fun it's not a big deal don't be toxic oh yeah cody hey excuse you (laughs) I get all Cody's the probably... hate from I get all the hate from non-locals. There's some locals here that hate me too. But like everyone who has some opinion of me is because they saw some YouTube deck profile of me where I'm like intentionally being a snarky asshole and they're like, "Wow, this guy's such a douchebag." And I'm like, "Yeah." See? You right. Everybody who everybody who knows you though is just like knows that you're just trolling those profile videos so hard and they're just the problem so is like it becomes redundant because i think there's like four or five different deck profiles from different regionals and events where i'll do the same thing so it's become yeah. like you know at at some point you gotta stop pretending like you're pretending <laughs> <laughs> but yeah they're great to watch them oh they're very amusing i think the only one where you weren't really too obnoxious was the one where you did win the giant card yeah i think that one was because i was actually on a larger channel for once yeah i was actually on his channel beforehand too he was yeah it was uh he was doing a it was like a just a quick synopsis of regional like results from the past week or two and he uh and i was just one of the subjects and it was because i i topped with uh with cosmo so it was more. It was like uh, it was actually a big deal because that was before Cosmo was broken. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what? Oh yeah, I Cosmo remember that one. I think we both ended up in the same video too because my Shadal deck at the time got profiled too. Yeah. Winnipeg man has all the hidden talent. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> now another thing I want to try and get out of this too, like like you said, like breaking barriers and stuff like that, letting people know we don't, we're not as intimidating as we seem. We want a better community for us as well. Like we we enjoy playing this game a lot we enjoy getting better at this game and we like to see other people get better we like to see other people succeed and we also just we like to build up the community to be just in general better because we've been we've seen the toxic side of things we've seen 
people who had the potential not make it because they weren't within the right people to help them do so right so having this hopefully can improve on that and help people just like us keeps like i'm being redundant now get better and then you know the information coming from us is pretty solid like we all have our credentials we all have the credentials we all we've all proven that we're good at what we do sound like myself being a little outdated but still not terrible yeah it's kind of nice that um a lot of the information that people are going to be getting it's you're getting it from three different points of views you're getting it from uh my point of view where i do play a lot of meta um i try to keep up with a lot of the meta trends i have like 16 17 different deck cores that i know how to play every single one of them i know how to build every single one of them then you have a player like cody where he plays a lot of rogues, so you get this other perspective where he's going to be playing a lot of cards that maybe you've never heard of or play cards in a way that you wouldn't have thought to play them. And then you have Jordan, who only knows how to play one deck, so if you care about Medulches, you can go listen to him. <laughs> Otherwise, just listen to me and Cody. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, though, I know little other nuances, but, like, you're not wrong. Only you know, if they like... have to do with cake. Yeah, hey, cake is delicious, okay? Yeah, I'll what be you, to... Cody? What are you going to get out of this? I don't know. I anybody locally who's talked to me about Yu-Gi-Oh specifically will know that I, I can talk about this stuff endlessly, like from a game theory, deck theory, deck building point of view. Like what Nikolai referenced is that I play lots of rogue. Almost every regional deck I've done well with, or anything that I've found success with, I've either played what's arguably one of the better tier one decks in a unique way. Or I play some tier 2 or tier 3 strategy that capitalizes on some, you know, some weakness in the meta. So it's not so much that I'm playing Rogue for the sake of being different, because being different is cool. It's just so much that one of the easiest ways to win in Yu-Gi-Oh, because let's be honest, it's all RNG. Once you've sat down at the table, it's just random luck 90% of the time of what you draw. One of the only ways to set yourself up to have a more than 50% chance to win is that you know your opponent's strategy better than they'll know yours. I can attribute a lot of my success to the fact that I'll I'll sit down and I'll play some wacky uh, engine or some weird line where my opponent doesn't know when to use their response or they get blown out by some weird interaction. They're like, I did not see that coming, right? Like, I've topped a regional with Cephalon the Time Lord. And I would swing for 8,000 lethals through all seven, eight rounds. And I won a regionals with uh, Firefish Dragon when it was arguably the worst normal summon in that deck. I just played three because I thought it was better than Bear. You know, I topped with Psychics before Jeff Jones did. I still take credit for that. <laughs> what else? You what? topped, like, literally a week before he did. No, it was the same weekend. I topped the Saturday. He topped was the it? Sunday. Yeah, yeah I, it was. Before, before his list became super popular, because we were playing pretty similar lists by the end of it. It was, like, within 10 cards. But I topped yeah. with Psychics before he did, okay? Uh, but, like, it's just... <laughs> and then, like, I played, uh, like, Zodiac Infernoid list that, like, you know, was pretty popular. But, like, I, I've... I found a like some weird line and I capitalize on it. Like if you looked at any of my deck profiles on YouTube, you'll see that they're all kind of weird in some way. Unless I played like Dragon Rulers or like Goki or something, and it's just some format that I just you know whatever. I'll just take the free top. And I've done that too, but 
for the most part, I would play some rogue stuff and I'll talk theory. So once we get to the point where, you know, people might have questions, might be curious about, you know, a deck strategy or deck theory or an opinion about something when it comes to the competitive side of this game, that's kind of where I'm at. That's, I'll be the, uh, the guy to debate you on those topics. Yeah, Cody is definitely the guy to talk to for those kind of things. I'm basically the exact opposite with that. Almost all my tops have always been kind of like meta relevant. So I find a lot of my success with finding like the one or two tech cards that fit into the meta decks and just knowing all my mashups so well that I can kind of outplay people. Yeah, a lot of that stuff comes, and like a lot of the time it comes down to kind of the mental side of the game, but that in itself is its own like whole episode yeah to elaborate on that a little bit more actually like if i had someone that could pilot my deck but they were like you know ice in their veins they were just cold-blooded they had no mental hiccups and they thought clearly all day because i have an issue with just you know getting mentally frustrated when it comes to those larger events because anyone who's listened that's topped or day two like a ycs or nationals knows that once you get to those you know higher tables that the players you're dealing with are very, very toxic and hard to manage from a mental standpoint. I can play as well as anybody, but the mental side of it always kind of threw me under, like kind of always messed with me a bit. So if someone was just, you know, ice cold and they could just pilot one of my deck strategies without getting flustered by some of the people that you'd see at those top tables, guaranteed top four, top two at these big events. But that's just wishful thinking. Anyways, uh, Cody, is there anything you kind of want to elaborate on with uh, what you hope listeners get out of the podcast? Um, to get better, enjoy a little bit of story time. Uh, maybe newer players who have only been around for the last couple of years getting a different viewpoint of what the game was like you know, in the last 10, 15 years. Because there's a lot of people who've heard about plant format, you know, Tangu plants who've heard about dragon rulers who've heard about monarchs you know or who heard about Teledad, right like i i have experience in all of those formats not only from playing those decks like i played dragon rulers in 2013 i played like a light sworn dragon ruler deck in 2014 you know i played necros in 2015 i i, I played Teledad in 2008 like i played all those decks but i also would play some random rogue stuff against it so it's it's always interesting to kind of go through the whole nostalgia trip and to learn about the history of the game. And that's, I can kind of give you a view, a view of what that was like. Uh, and hopefully through listening, you can get better and learn something. And I can learn something too. Yeah, I know a big thing with uh, the Yu-Gi-Oh community here at least is, it's kind of like Jordan was saying earlier, it's very kind of click-based. You have all your groups. There's a lot of, like, intermingling between the groups. Like, obviously, I'm friends with a lot of different people. Like, I'm friends with all the guys from the Buddy Force uh, on, with the, that YouTube channel over there. Uh, and just, like, a lot of the other groups in the city. But for the most part, a lot of the time, testing and kind of, like, deck discussion gets done within your group. So it'll be kind of nice having an outlet for us to kind of voice our opinions, voice the opinions of viewers through Q&As, and just kind of get a good uh, change of perspective on how you think you play the game or how you deck build. 
uh, that kind of stuff. Especially with like how me, Cody, and Jordan are. As soon as something new comes into the meta, we're almost always just immediately talking about it, or Cody kind of shooting down stupid ideas that we have, which is always nice to get that other perspective. Gotta be a negative Nancy. Gotta keep people. He's grounded. always a negative Nancy. Mm-hmm. The team buddy force is funny. That's another group too. I would mess with the quiet ones. I like messing oh. with, messing with Minsu and Team Dom. The, like different different people in their group are a little bit more outspoken, and then they do their own thing. So I wouldn't mess with them too much. But I like to fuck with Ronnie a little bit. That's the, the quieter one. <laughs> funny. And and no hate on their group either. We love their group. They're they're awesome. What they do for the community as well is pretty great because they they're also uh, really just a really good group of guys who are also just they 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 they're passionate about the game. They want uh, they want good information out there, and they try to help get that out there. So. We stand the buddy force. So yeah, do you, either of you have anything to add for the episode? Anything you guys want to talk about? I think that's pretty good introductions. Uh, I want to get this out there as a failure. What's the plan for next time? What are we going to elaborate more now that we got introductions so, out of the way? I think next time around, we've got um, we've got Blazing Force coming out in the corner. We've got other stuff coming out, so may as well do some yeah. discussions on that. And I think uh, the big thing that... I think the big thing that we're going to end up covering is just a quick meta analysis to kind of get everybody up to speed. And then probably just a big set breakdown of Blazing Vortex with that coming out in February and hopefully that's shaking up the meta. Um, there's a lot of good cards out of the, coming out of that set. A lot of new archetypes that might be fun to play and try out. It's pretty easy when we go through these you know, new sets, these uh, set breakdowns, new structure decks and whatnot, to see the obvious hits, because everyone's going to look at it and be like, oh, okay, you know, these are going to be the top five cards, but it's going to be some interesting hidden gems that I like to uh, I like to put a lot of emphasis on, you know, trying to pick up your playset now. A good example is I made sure I told everyone that that Ice Dragon's Prison, that's a good card, you should probably pick up a set. Told everyone it was a good card, and the card went up what four hundred percent, five hundred percent since it came out. Like I picked up my playset for twenty bucks, and uh, me too. I'm probably selling playset for one hundred and fifty. So yeah, I'm, that, I'm, I need that that playset for one hundred and fifty. <laughs> yeah, but that's kind of yeah, like play... that's the risks you take, right? Yeah, no, that 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 kind of happened. I I was too slow on the uptake there so now one of the things that uh i want to hear from you guys you know we we have some social media platforms going right now we uh we have our facebook page uh w winnipeg ftk wpg ftk also on twitter and on instagram hit us up and i want to hear from you i want to know what you guys think i want to know what you guys want us to talk about like what do you want to hear like what more stories do you want stuff like that right and Overall, just comments and yeah. Cool. I uh, think that's probably going to be a good place to wrap it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just want to thank everybody for listening again to the first turn. For me, Nick, uh, Jordan, and Cody. Like Jordan said, you can follow us on our different social media pro- uh, platforms. At WPGFTK. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And I think we'll just wrap it up from there. All right, guys. Cool. Bye, Brett. Bye, Bye Brett. Brett.